Hello and welcome to Double Feature, a podcast where we watch a film, we drink a beer and we talk about both of them. I'm Andrew Gibney. And I'm Tom Coast and we have watched Booksmart. Good morning, winner. Take a deep breath. Visualize the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. school or nope. what's two plus two isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school are you kidding me samantha go talk to her she's got a really cute smile amy do you know how many girls are gonna be up your vagina next year every time i come to visit you you're gonna be scissoring a different girl dude well, scissoring is not a thing don't knock it until you tried it thing. don't knock it until you tried it yeah we watched book smart which is a 2019 film the directorial debut of Olivia Wilde, who has got a few more things coming up on our IMDb, Tom. The, the untitled Sony Marvel movie, which is either going to be Spider-Man or we're thinking Gwen, Gwen Stacy, aren't we? Is, it's, it's meant to be something a female-centric cast, so either they're going to do like the equivalent that DC did with The Birds of Prey or something mm-hmm. along those lines. I yeah. don't know. Obviously, we, we still don't know, but... Then there's a, a psychological thriller called Don't Worry Darling with uh, Florence Pugh, Chris Payne and Olivia Wilde themselves. So that's very interesting. I never, I'm never sure about people directing themselves. I always yeah. feel you could have a conflict of interest there. You need, you need someone else in that to be... To to, get that that to her. Yeah. Yeah, uh, starring Caitlin Dever uh, and Beanie Feldstein, who I discovered today, is Jonah Hill's sister. Because Jonah, Jonah Hill is actually called Jonah Hill Feldstein. That's incredible. That is a great piece of trivia. I did not know that, but then it makes sense. The face, I can see it now, immediately. That's one of those, you that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so Tom, before we get into the film, what are you drinking today? I am drinking Tiny Rebels Double 99 Chocolate Flake Soft Serve in You got it. Yeah, it's in, uh, it was downstairs and I picked it up. So I did, I, not off the back of, I, I, did you recommend it for me? Yes, I sent into your DMs on Insta and sent you it and you went, ooh. Oh, yeah, I got it. It was downstairs, so I went to set up, <laughs> it up. It looked good, so I'm going to say, but I'm, I'm going to let you know. You haven't had this, have you? No, I'm stopping picking stouts. So this don't go on with me. They always sound nice, like, like chocolate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, mmm. Oh, that's really good. That's really, really good. <laughs> Whether it tastes like a, a chocolate flake soft serve is debatable, but it's very chocolatey. Which is what you want from a chocolate imperial stout. It's a nine point nine percent, and I do not taste it. Like that is impressive. That's good. We have, yeah, never just make vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it's Tiny Rebel are very good at this kind of stuff, and they yeah, have done it again. The pump up the jam, donut one, and that kind of thing. They're really good at those sweet like. Mm, mm. No, I just it's, it's like a, it's properly like a dessert dessert stout, and it's really nice. So I'm looking very much forward to drinking that what have you got yeah. forget that you remember me Andy Ogden uh, I was happy the other day he he had the Bianca from Omnipolo on his mm-hmm. own, the one that I gave my my first five to right he, he also gave it a five so I was like it's like is that the pancake one you had on New Year's? Yes, the blueberry pancake one, yeah. It's on House of Trembled Madness for like 13 quid. Like yeah, I'm not spending 13 quid on a beer. I'm sorry, it's just not happening right now. It's, it's worth it. That's two fives it's had from two people, like Northerner, like proper Scottish, and a Northerner, like 
paying that much yeah. for a beer and yeah. Uh, so today I am drinking from Duga. It's the Tropic Thunder. I have uh, I don't think I've had that one. It's four point five percent. Like it smells like it's, it's like opal fruit. It's kinda like you get yeah. straight away from it. Well, I've got the cherry one in the fridge from them. And I've had the mango and the pear one from them. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, they do good are very good. They're very good. It's not it's not got that kind of oversoury pineapple bitterness to it as well. It's just really really very very drinkable. That's that's obvious. I wish I had more of that. Speaking of very drinkable no, I don't think that transition works quite as well. <laughs> but this this is a film you chose. I mean we we'd we'd bookmarked it or <laughs> book smart book we bookmarked it for a while ago just as something yeah. different to do because obviously being two men we like our action pew pew people dying kind of I, I also like like i love a romantic comedy as we said uh, no, so do i so do and, i and i love this sort of it's just a comedy of like and it's usually it's not that kind of super bad take but it's girls kind of thing like that it's like in well, i mean i had i had no expectations about no. this film because I knew it was a comedy. That's, I all, that's all I knew from, from yeah, that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what kind of comedy it would be. And, like, it got good reviews, but we did never really heard that much about it. It's not like no. it was like, oh, my God, the comedy of the summer. Go see Booksmart. It was just a, a film that was released, did well, kind of, in a way, flew under the radar, despite mm. it being the directorial debut for one of a very famous actress in Olivia Wilde. And... Had had people like Jason Sudeikis, Will Forte, Lisa Kudrow, albeit in cameo roles, but mm. normally that the, the fact that those people have signed up for this film, obviously, Jason Sudeikis has some kind he, of he, a, has, he has no choice. He has no choice <laughs> because he is married to Olivia Wilde. But Which, like Jason Sudeikis, well played, son, you're punching very well there. But what I really liked about this is that I knew some of the actors as the film went on I was like I've seen you somewhere before I've seen you somewhere but they're young up-and-coming actors and that was really nice from Olivia Wilde just to include all these and give them a platform to showcase their skills and obviously the film starts off with Beanie Feldstein who we now know is Jonah Hill's sister listening to a tape kind of it's a self motivational tape about being a strong independent woman and I was like ah this is sweet until it goes fuck them Fuck them in their <laughs> fucking stupid faces. I was like, I am in. You have got me in this film. It's the pictures of like, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Michelle Obama. It's like woman power. Love it. And, and then it just goes, yep, yeah, it's a beautiful opening speech. And then it just switches to kind of thing that it, it's, it's the perfect opening for people who don't know what to expect. Because immediately you know, in a way, the kind of comedy you're going to get. Because yeah. I was... I was don't get me wrong, I was just worried that this was going to be like a a good, it's one of those good comedies that tries to be a drama but isn't a drama and is also a comedy. Like Funny People is the perfect example of the film mm. I thought it was going to be where it's a comedy but it's also very serious on certain topics and it's not a ha ha ha, I'm, this is really funny all the way through. It's there's a joke but then there's something serious behind yeah. it and I thought it was going to be that and then as soon as it was the Fuck them in their fucking stupid faces. I was like, yep, I know this exactly well, see, kind of film it's going to be. I thought we were going to be getting like a, a female super bad in a sense. Yeah. And I was like, I, I didn't want it to go too stupid. Like, yes, of course. But this didn't 
this didn't open it in that sense. But when, like, they, when they're doing the dancing outside, I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is it going? Is it going to be a bit silly? Like, are we going to yeah. get? But it, it, it really, like, I think it stuck between those two like, extremes of what was it. Like, it stuck between it's it's funny, it's comedy, and we'll get into some of the things that did a bit different. And like, yeah, it, it was it was a really interesting start. Like, and we get you get into the school, and you like you quickly leave these two Molly name your best friends. Like, you get with the kind of losers. But yeah, but very confident in themselves. Like that's it, and I, that's what I really appreciated immediately is that in today's day and age, it was nice to see two young girls in this film where there is a social. Obviously, every school we've discussed this in the past in some other comedies we've done in this kind of environment. Every school has that kind of hierarchy of like the jocks, the the, the, the silly kids. I mean, even when we did it, Clueless, you have the jocks, the the skater boys, you have all this stuff, and which I think a little bit wild said was like an influence. Close yeah. one of the films that she kind of like felt influenced by, like yeah, yeah. I, I, but yeah, at the same time, just because they were the not so cool kids didn't make them losers in that sense. No. It, it, it just it was uh, how I put it is like they those two girls know where they stand. They fully embrace it. They aren't bothered about the social standings in the no. school. They just live with the fact that those social standards exist. Yeah. Uh, she's the vice, she's the president and the uh, valedictorian of her class just a day before. This, this is all set a day before graduation. And she has to put up with Nick, who is the complete jock played by Mason Gooding, who is the vice president. And she, you know, I can't believe I've had to put up with Nick all this year, blah, blah, blah. It's a popularity contest. Like, it's... Yeah, exactly. It's all about this and that. But at the same time, she doesn't give a shit because she's going to Yale. She's happy with what she's done. She's got her best friend. Her best friend's only going away for the summer. They're going to, they've got this big plan together and it's great. And that's it. And it, and then it, it all comes down to what is the first scene of this film. And we both agreed on this when we chose the scenes. It's, the toilet scene. Yes. And the toilet scene is so fucking brutal. It is. Like, Molly goes into the cubicles, do, she's doing her business, and there's the three, like, students from her year come in and just, like, start slating her. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Anna, Theo, and Triple A. Triple A, and, like, well, Annabelle. She's got diplomas up her vagina, but her personality, this, like, fucking character assassination of. Was they like, uh, I'd. I'd, I'd shag her, but I'd put a paper bag in oh, And then, and you know what's coming, it's that classic, she comes out, but she, but she kind of owns it, like, yeah, carry on, don't, don't stop in front of me, like, carry on. And what I loved about this scene was, is because she's, she's been, I'm always been all high and mighty, because she's like, fuck you guys, I'm going to Yale, like, you fuck-ups, like, he's doing nothing all day, and I'm going to Yale, and fuck all y'all, and they're like, yeah, Triple A's like, well, I'm going to Yale as well, and they're like, yeah, they're like he's he, he going to Harvard. Yeah, and, he's going to play, he's going to play footballer or soccer, as they put it in, at Harvard, and then uh, Theo isn't going to college, but he's got an entry job at Google that plays a stand, a, was it, what did he put, it's like a, a stable six-figure six. Was it five figures? No, no, he said six. He says middle. He says middle range six figure salary, and I was I, like, what? So I, I know it's not Apple, but you know it's fine. Yeah. And what I loved was that you don't usually. This is like a very stereotypical scene of like the do-gooders going to the big school, and they're all dropouts. And I like the way they switched it and went. No, actually, we we're fucking smashing it as well. Yeah. Just because, and it's the line of we just don't only care about school. Yeah. Like, 
we still care about it, but we do other things as well. And it's that realization of, yeah. of more of like, we done fucked up here. We yeah, <laughs> see, I I put it as realization that all all work and no play makes them very sad. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't expecting that from that scene of them to like nice. just switch around on her. And also wrote down, imagine being cool enough to skateboard through a hallway with a fire extinguisher. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Santa absolutely owns that scene, and they have the big, uh, the big party in the hallway where there's condom balloons being thrown and stuff, and yep. it was it was fun, but. It's and and then that, that and it was a beautiful setup into the scene that was like this. Here's what this film is going to be like. Like we've got a night before graduation. We've not done the partying thing that we should have, but we could have done because everyone else is smashing it. Let's go out on one big night, and you're like, here we yeah. go. This this is the film. This, this is, is the film, <laughs> and it, it it sets it up in 15 minutes in a, in a way. Yeah. And you also in in the process get the the. The information that Amy, played by Caitlin Dever, is gay. She likes uh, another girl called Ryan, which really confused me at first. At first I was like, is, is Ryan a boy? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got a bit confused by that. I'm so glad she was like, she, I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> played by Ryan, uh, played by Victoria Rezga. And the, the aim is, yeah, uh, Ryan kind of talks to Amy about this party at Nick's aunt's house because they're stranded on a boat. Yeah, Amy gets his idea, let's go to... You know, let's let's go to the party, and then it gives her a chance to get closer to Ryan. And for for Molly, this is the opportunity to to show that they are fun as well as you know they studying and being top of the class. And and I think it's at this point, I'm like, okay, are we, are we going to get? And this is where the it's the parallels to to super bad, isn't it? It's like it's super bad. It, it kind of I was a bit worried it might go down the Project X route as well. Right, okay, they go to this party and just everything goes wrong. Yeah, right. and that's a great film, by the way. It is a great film. It's, it has it has elements of that, but it also has the elements so bad, of like trying to get to the party. It's going to be yes. on this journey of like they get dressed up and you get the the the, the friendship thing of like, oh my god, like how do you look so good and looking at the back and forward? Apparently, the the two of them spent ten weeks living together. Oh, that's amazing. To, to, to build up that like that relationship, rapport, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you can then bounce off each other. It's not forced and. I mean, Olivia Wilde said to them, like, any dialogue that you don't think is natural, change. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, she's not a high school, like, teenager. Like, of course. Was, they probably aren't either, but they're closer, no. closer than what Olivia Wilde is uh, to the age range. But it's like, anything that isn't natural, change it. And I think giving actors that freedom, you've got someone who's, like, Jonah Hill's sister. Yeah. Imagine the amount of banter they must have had together. If you've got that chemistry, like, use it. And it, it came across really well and they, they didn't go over the top they, those back and forwards didn't go too long which no they, it was like a good did. 20 seconds 30 seconds at a push yeah. i absolutely love the panda scene i was in <laughs> when she's trying to guess what she she'd say she doesn't use her hands to to masturbate and she's you like, can use your mind <laughs> yeah you can use your mind and then she looks just like is it that that knitted pig the elephant, and then she's like, God, tell me, tell me, like, it's the panda, and then the eyes, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was just, it all felt so natural, as you said, it all felt so natural between the two, like, because that's like gross, but not in a gross way. There's like, yeah, you get an imagery of a, of a girl riding like a fucking stuffed panda, but it's not, like, yeah, it's not an over the top, like, gross out scene, like, it's just more the imagery in your head of what this girl's been doing to this panda, yeah, exactly. 
And then, like you said at the start, I love the fact you've got Lisa Kudrow and uh, Will Fort as the parents, but really briefly. Like, yeah, they, they're, they're just there as a nice little cameo. You know those actors, they make you feel comfortable, you know who they are. And, but, and, they, and, they, and they deliver their lines, however short they are, very well because they're, 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 good, they're good actors in what they do. Actors, yeah. But they don't, much like what we were talking when we did Enola Holmes, is that obviously it's a different kind of role, but they are bigger they're, stars. They're they're they stars, are bigger yeah. stars than Caitlin Dever and Beanie Felstein, and yet they don't take away from them. What we were talking with Enola Holmes and... Well, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. He didn't take away from Millie Bobby Brown, no. but yeah, he was still in the film, and that's what they did very well. And I think all the like, he was the same with Jason Sudeikis when he was in the film. It was, it never took the shine away from the two main characters, and they are the they are the stars of this film, and they they play those. If you, if you don't if you don't know who Jason Sudeikis is, you're like, why why are you in this film? And obviously, if you don't know his wife's still there, why would you like? Why have you got such a small role in this film? Like, yeah, it's just perfect. But this play plays it so low key, and mm-hmm. the and we get up to so we get the first we get the they go to the the, the get bashed boat party uh, with yeah. Jar- Jared and and Gigi's on the boat, and it's like the most tragic party. He's having a party the same night as, as Nick's party. He's trying to buy everyone's friendship because the the gift bags have got iPads in them, and, <laughs> and it's just the most tragic like. She says, like, you can't buy affection. He's like, you can't. I've seen it with my parents um, and their yeah, parents. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we get the, the, the Gigi, who's like, who I didn't realise was, was, was Billy Lord, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Yeah, she is. She's in American Horror Story, which is where I've seen her. She's, she's in many of the series, and I immediately recognised her. I, I only know her from the Star Wars films. And it looked, it's very, a very different look. It is, it the, is. Obviously, of, yeah, she's Lieutenant Connix, but but she again, she plays a very different role from anything I've ever seen her in at this yeah. point. But she does it fantastically well. And is that running like the running joke of she keeps turning up at these places like before <laughs> they do? You know, she's she just she just jumped off a boat into water, but then she gets to the next place before they do, and it's how you, are you, you so dry? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you you know that first party is going to be awful. You just know it. There's, there's no one there. It's tragic. There might be like three people there just standing mm. around, but there's literally no one. The staff, and that's it. And obviously, they they get off the boat, and then Amy's like, "Okay, can we go home now? We're done. We've been to a party. It's time to go home. Like this is we've we've, we've had our fun. Let's do it." And then we get to the the taxi scene with what it turns out Jason Sudeikis as their headmaster is also working as an Uber driver with the weirdest yeah. fucking yeah. so Lyft driver with the weirdest like fairy lights in the background, like weirdest taxi ever. And as soon as they met the they got the porn up on the phone. I knew what was happening. I knew what was coming. But it, of it course, didn't, it didn't. It didn't make it any any less funny. But you're like, oh yeah. god! As soon as like, if you got a charger, yeah, and I, know, like, and I know, I know from being in the car with Cap, it's like, oh, can I use the charger? It always start. It always plays Taylor Swift. It's the only album I bought off iTunes. It's on my phone. Yeah, it automatically plays it every time. So I know <laughs> as soon as as soon as you put that cable in. It's like, oh, what do you put your songs on here? And he presses the button, and then there's the noises. The it's noises. Proper wet noises. <laughs> and that was bad enough. And they managed to stop it. And he's just like, there's that little silence. And he turns around and goes, Was that Cardi B? <laughs> it's a brilliant line. It and it was, because, because while it obviously is very obvious what it was, 
It's not far off. <laughs> what Cardi B could produce. When, when you think 12 months later, we've got WAP, and you're like, WAP, which it is, really could have been. And it's that point because he's, he's, like, he's the headmaster. He's trying to be like, oh, I'm not a headmaster. Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just a guy. Yeah. Like, and he's trying to still be cool. Like, yeah, he's like, call me, call me, doesn't he say, call me Jason? Call me Jason. And then they're like, no, Principal Brown. <laughs> It was, it was a really good, a really good way. It's, a, it's like a little cameo and a cameo from Sudeikis and the, the Cardi B line really, really got but, me. But it also, it's also, it touches on a, on an important subject, which is how bad teachers' wages are in America. Oh yeah, they've got to do other, other jobs, yeah. They've got to do another job. And he's not even a teacher, he's the principal of the, of the school. <laughs> he's got the he's highest not, job. He's got, yeah, exactly. And at the same time, he feels like he has to, I like how he, he I like how he puts it. It's like, well, you know, it's, Extra income, but you also get to see nice parts of the city, meet interesting people, <laughs> and it's just kind of like. But it's true. I and it's real. So this happens so as, a, as a tangent that kind of makes sense. When I was in LA, uh, I was getting a, a. I thought I'll try a lift. If not, we don't. We don't have lift here. I was like, I'll try a lift, and this, the woman turned up on her lift, and she was taking me back to downtown. So she works in an office in downtown. Yeah. And it takes her two and a half hours to drive from the office to where she lives. Yeah. Because if everyone leaves the same time, traffic all on the freeway. So she works for Lyft for an hour around downtown and then goes home and gets home yeah. half an hour earlier. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just Because by it? the time she's finished, everyone's makes, gone home. Everyone's buggered off and she gets to like fly down the freeway home like, and make a little bit of cash on the side. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Tom, how are you getting on with your 99... Chocolate stout thing. I mean, we've fannied around a lot in the in the break, and ruin the illusion. No, I, yeah, seamless illusion. <laughs> I pretty much finished it, so I'm gonna have to be very, very. I'm gonna have to nurse it for the second half of the podcast. But the fact that I've got this far into it uh, is it's very good, very, very good. It's a nine point nine. I'm starting to feel it, so I apologise in advance for the second half of this podcast. But. Yeah. I am also firing through this really nice, yeah, yeah. really nice drop. Uh, very tropical, very fruity, no bad aftertaste. Yeah. So th- th- this part of the film, after the taxi scene, we've got basically they're trying to find Nick's party because they're not cool, so they don't have the address of Nick's aunt. Uh, they get given an address uh, by one of the sort of amateur dramatic slot, and they, they turn up at this house where there's like a murder mystery party with like the big entrance like, intro and then they're giving characters Gigi's already there of course because how did you get here how are you still dry <laughs> uh, and did they obviously realize they're still at the wrong party and then we get one of the one of the weirder scenes i've ever seen in a film recently when they Gigi tells them they're basically taking hallucinogenics in the strawberry yeah it's uh how that was good. Uh, I, I wrote it down. Yeah, ayahuasca or Asian huasca, as she pulls it, because it because it because it comes from from Asia. And they go. I mean, 
and Molly go upstairs and then start tripping and we get this re- weird scene where they turn into like Barbies. Yeah. They then strip off as Amy starts feeling herself up because she's got wonderful round boobs, mm-hmm. but she's smooth like a dolphin. <laughs> you know, it, it, part of me, my mind immediately went to that episode of South Park where Randy becomes a dolphin and tries to play basketball. I was like, yes! No, wow. it's, it's Kevin that plays basketball because he gets a Negro pasty. That's it. But yeah. Randy becomes a uh, Kev. Okay. It's not Randy, it's uh, Kev's dad. Oh. Joe. Gerald, Gerald yeah, yeah. becomes a dolphin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he's not allowed to go to the, the, the male or female toilets because he's a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> Classic South Park. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's it's not a scene I was expecting from this film. And just to have like the real life Barbie dolls like dressed up as, as Amy it's not, and Molly. It's stop motion, isn't it? It's the, yeah, like... stop motion animation. Amy's like touching herself or Barbie self up. Kind of wants to stay as a Barbie because like she's got this beautiful figure, legs twice as long as her torso, and basically puts her legs behind her ears. Like just like what? Is cool? But I was I read that down and I was like, you need more of this shit because it, it's original. Like yeah. it's something that you've not seen before. Like it kind of what it reminded me. Of, have you seen Twenty Two Jump Street? I don't think I have. All oh, right, because in that in that in that film, they they take obviously it's it's the whole point of the film is they play on the fact that it's very similar to Twenty One Jump Street because it's a sequel, and they end up because in the first one they take the drugs and they end up on having a trip, you know, when mm-hmm. they do all the different stages of having the drug. Yeah, and then in the second one they also end up taking a drug, and then they have this bit where. They have two very separate trips where Channing Tatum is in in heaven because of how the trip is going, and there's like candy all around him and shit like that. And then Jonah Hill is trapped, and it's mirrored so that you've got the screen split in two, and you've got right. Jonah Hill on the left in hell where everything's painful, and you've got Channing Tatum dancing to this like break dance, like really cool hip-hop song with candy and loads of pretty things all around him and it just reminded me of that it's just something original that no one's done before yeah you were, i wasn't and, expecting a film like this as well like it's like a teen kind of comedy like get to the party and it's just like complete weird scene where you've got stop motion animation barbie dolls yeah touching themselves <laughs> and just being yeah. like oh i love this body it's great i'm so smooth like it's just it's a breath of fresh air and, and i think what made it better is when it cuts back downstairs to the party, <laughs> and then they're kind of looking to the hallway, and you see Amy Moy like walking out as if a plastic doll. Yeah. Still, I was very grateful they were they were clothed. Yes, I was fully expecting them to be naked, like, but I'm yeah. glad they didn't because it kind of gave it that. That would have been too ridiculous, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'll just, stop I imagine if if you, I'm glad they they also didn't do it. Like they could have been like someone came in upstairs and maybe they were naked and being dolls. Kind of like. I wasn't dreading it, but I was like, please don't do this. Like, let yeah. this ride out. But the fact and they've then... done it as, like, the the scene of this is how they've been acting upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, see them, they still think they're dolls. And you're like, oh, it's just a, it's an excellent, just something, like I said, something different that you don't see. And just the way they were doing it, it was, just, it was really, really good. And it, it was that fine line of not taking it to the extreme which many films probably would have done yeah and then they and and they did kind of like kept it at that good level of of stuff but yeah after that they end up trying to get once again get to the part to nick the party at nick's aunt's house but they do it in a way where they're like yeah we're gonna do what we do best 
We're going to go to the library and we're going to find out where this place is. They go through all the records, property records, all that stuff. And I was like, I wrote down, I was like, there's not enough library montages in films. <laughs> no, there's not enough. It's great. And it is that like, like little brief cut with two people having like sex in the, in the aisle of the, the book aisle. <laughs> it's just like, there's not enough. And then obviously, the most obvious thing, they see the pizza, the tower of. Yeah, they do all this research where they get the clue from their phones because they're on their phone. Yeah. Exactly. And then um, because I think it's Theo Tanner trying to punch through uh, a, a ten boxes of pizza. Yeah, yeah. ten boxes of pizza. So they, they go to this to Lido's Pizzas and and they end up in this weird trying to get the information out of one of the pizza. They hide in the back of the pizza delivery guy's car using their hair as balaclavas. And then I, I do love the, the guy who played the pizza delivery guy who's like, it, it turns out then he obviously is, is creepy as fuck. Yeah. But he's, like, he's like, guys, have you even got any weapons? And they're like, no, and he's got a gun. He's like, look, I've got a gun to protect myself from people like you. He's been like really caring, but also really creepy as well. Yeah, like, and it, it's the line when he's like, I could have, we're, we're just off the highway. I could have taken you 40 minutes and we'd be out of state lines and I could have hang, I could hang you from your from your legs and put a bowl of milk and have you there for three or four days. Is that so specific? And they're, they're like, wait, what the fuck? And you're there, at that point, it's like, that's really specific. Like, it's not just, I could have killed you and dumped you in a bush. It was very really... specific. And obviously it all ties up later on in the film. But, but at the same time, that scene is really interesting because obviously the film's called Booksmart. And these people, these, these girls are smart in their own right in the sense that they get all the good grades. They, you know, they, They've done what they've wanted to achieve in their education, but they don't really have any idea of what the real world's like. They're so like they're street smarts. They'll get them not to at all. And, yeah, and and so and it, I remember this. This was perfect for like it reminded me of a girl at school who you spoke to her and you're like, oh my god, how are you like walking? Like that, you said, how, do you hard, how do you survive day to day? How do you survive day to day? Then she'd get A's in every single class. And then she'd come out of an exam and go, oh, my God, I've gone so badly. And then they'd be like, yeah, I got an A. And it's like, what are you, like, how is this possible? It was interesting because this was, like, one of the proper first examples of, like, they have no idea how the real world works. You <laughs> don't get in the back of random cars. And what I like is they, they, can't, they think they do as well. They think they've got, like, street cred. And, like, there's so many examples of, no, you really don't. And this yeah. is, like, you still need to grow up so much. Uh and then they phone, oh, Molly phones someone. Uh, she's got like 2% left on her battery. And then it's Miss Fine that turns up. It's like, what a great, great name. name. Great name for a teacher. Uh, I want to know why she was banned from Jamba Juice. Oh, yeah, that that's, a, that's an unsolved. <laughs> we may need like a, a five minute YouTube little clip of why she was banned from Jamba Juice. Not yeah, just one Jamba Juice. All the Jamba Juice. Nationwide, all of this has come from corporate. This is... <laughs> she, she can't, she can never have another Mango Go Go. I've never had the jam juice. I wanted to go when I was over there, but not. I didn't see one. It's uh, way too many fruits for you. Whoa! Maybe I might have some guava then. Who knows? That's <laughs> true. Uh, I found it very, very convenient that she had two sparkly dresses in her car in two very different sizes. <laughs> I didn't want to comment on it, but you have. Well, yeah. Amy and Molly have very different body makeups. They're different they size do. girls. Like, but, but, she's, but she is a single woman in LA, and it's a lot of shit in her car. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, this is this is basically the bit, the beginning of. It's hard because I want to say it's the unraveling of the film, but it's not because 
at this point, you've still got 45 minutes of the film left. And I was like, how are you going to drag this out that long? Because you've made it to where you want to be. But then it's very clever. And we, we're waiting for what we, we always remember on as the down, the down part. We're waiting for and the I, down part. I've written this. Uh, one of my notes is like, I'm kind of dreading the low of this film. <laughs> it's coming. I mean, it's coming. I'm enjoying it so much. And I was like, what is the low going to be? And they did it very smartly in the sense that... What, what made it worse was you get to the party. And again, and what I liked was so many of these films, it's like the uncool kids arrive and no one wants to talk to them. Yeah, it's like... They, they walk through the door, there'll be a record scratch, and the whole party goes silent. <laughs> yeah. But that's and, not what happens. And, and I'm, like, I'm writing down, like, everyone's, everyone's really nice. This is going so well. Like, yeah, like, she meets, she, she has a chat with, she had, uh, Amy has a chat with Ryan. They go karaoke Amy's a great singer. It's all going well. I'd love to sing that in karaoke. But Alanis, you ought to know, uh, it's a belter. And at the same time, Molly has a, ends up like chatting to Nick, who we find out earlier on she has a big crush on. I really like that scene, that scene where they were just talking and she's saying how she doesn't feel worthy of being with Nick. And Amy slaps him and was like, no, you do not talk about my best friend like that. Yes. It's like a really nice scene. It's like, if you ever say some shit about yourself like that again, I will, I will slap you again because you are this incredible person who you are my friend. And you have no right to say that about yourself because you are this incredible person. Yep. And I was like, it, 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 that's what I liked about this film is that there's little bits of wisdom put in throughout this entire kind of, it, not, not wisdom, but it's like, if you are the one message, of these girls, the it gives you that self-worth of like, I am not that different from all these people. And I, I have a value to, doesn't matter if I don't fit into the what the world considers as cool yeah. i still have my friends i still have all these people who care about me and it, it's just nice but yeah she ends up uh, molly ends up having like a really nice time with nick and there's a bit of flirting going on and you're like okay yeah obviously i at no point in my head was i think they're gonna end up together but i was like it's nice that they i, I, I wish i wrote down it's going so well it's all going to fuck up yeah, like, exactly <laughs> And then you, it's all but going well. But they, they, they did it in a really good way because they could have done it as soon as they got to the party, but they kind of let them have a nice time and like, yeah. oh, this is really nice and like everyone's really nice and it's it's that thing of everyone can be different, everyone can have their own strengths and weaknesses. You don't have to be dicks to each other. You can just be nice. Yeah, the and world works despite of differences. Yeah, you don't need to have the same interests or the same points of view. Like you can just have a good time and get on with each other and be nice to each other. And there was a, that was a nice message that the film kind of the last maybe the last half started like kind of bringing through. And 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 at the end of the day, what I also thoroughly enjoyed is that what kicks off the low moment of this film isn't something. It's not something that they had a control in. So, Amy has a great time with Ryan. She follows Ryan to the swimming pool they both uh, they both jump in and there's this really cool scene with amy you know swimming through the water and it's at that point that i realized how well the music was used yes. in the film uh, that scene when she's swimming through and i can't remember the name of the song but looking back of it there's there's a lot of songs so it's, it's not like they had what we were talking about in in a history of violence is like that kind of like there's five keys that they use throughout the film in different ways to uh, as a soundtrack it's they use songs in every single scene, mm. but they use the right songs, and it felt they never no song felt out of place. There was some Anderson Puck being used. There was a lot of other things that 
and that scene was that that scene when she's in the water, kind of like it really hit the nail in the coffin. It was like this is a, they use the music really well. Obviously, she comes up and she sees Ryan and Nick getting with each other in the pool because Nick had previously said to, to Molly, I need to go make sure they don't kill themselves at the party because it's yeah. at his aunt's house, which is a very, you, you know, good excuse. It's, you don't want shit to get broken. And then they end up getting to each other in the pool and Amy, and it's something that's completely out of their control. They don't... They could quite easily have had, like, Amy and Nick kiss or Ryan and Molly kiss and that's where you get, like, the, the reveal the, moment. Yeah. But they didn't lose it. It's like, they've not done anything to each other. Oh. Just that the night hasn't gone how each wanted them to go, and this sort of escalates. And when you mentioned the music, and I thought they did the scene after this really well with the, the, the fight, basically the big fight scene. Yeah, it's like the music, the party's going, and then they start getting into the fight, and the kind of, kind of fades away. And like you notice that everyone's looking at them, and yeah, they, but they're in their own little world of, of Amy and Molly. Like no one. And the sound, the sound fades away, and yeah. you, you don't even hear the end of the argument. And I really like that. It wasn't like every yeah. single word, because you know they're in an argument. It doesn't matter what's said. You know that they aren't having a good time as friends at that point. Obviously, you know it's not the end of their friendship, but it's like a, the low point of the film. But you don't need to know what's said. It's it's just a, a tense moment between these two main characters who have had a. Let's let's put it a stressful evening in you know, the way you think, and and they both go their separate ways, and which is where Amy ends up. Well, it all comes out because you got Amy saying to Molly, like the because the plan was that Amy was going to go to Botswana and come back and going to go uni. Just like you know, that was your plan. That that was never our plan. Yeah, and that was that was the big moment of yeah. Like Molly's the one that was always in control, and, and Amy was just trying to save her friend because she saw uh, Ryan and Nick together. And she she called Malala, which is their word of like, no questions asked. You do what I say. You're allowed one a year. You're allowed yeah. one a year. And she was trying to protect her friend from being hurt. And they kind of got switched back on, and she's like, she was quite. Amy was quite right to kind of pull her up on it, and like, and it, yeah. all, it all unravels. And then like, wait, he says like, after this, she's like, okay, where are we going to go from here? And we then get a lesbian sex scene, which then yeah. ends with uh, Amy puking on. Oh, yeah, played by Diana Silvers. And and again, I like that scene because obviously she ends up in a bathroom with someone who she hates because you kind of get the idea early on in the film that Hope's not the nicest of people. Mm. And But then it, they, they kind of have like a very candid heart, not heart to heart, they have a very candid conversation about I don't like you because of this, I don't like you because of this. And then in the spur of the moment, Amy kisses Hope. They sort of realise that they're both quite similar in terms of they, they don't take shit from anyone and they, they call a spade a spade sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's an attraction that, that kicks off and you're like, oh my God, Amy's going to get like a kind of coming of age sex scene. But she drinks something from a cup and I want to know what it was she drinks no, from. No, so she, so she drinks from the cup and the cup has a roach in it. It has a roach in it. Ah, okay. It has the it has either a cigarette, but obviously, obviously, uh, hope when she walks in, hope is smoking a spliff, and I'm pretty sure it's uh, either a roach or a cigarette butt that's been in the cup, and she obviously takes the roach out, puts it back in the cup, and ends up throwing up all over hope. And it's at that point that the the, the police, police turn up, up yeah. to the party. Molly gets dragged away in the everyone running away from the party, whereas Amy's kind of. Kept into hiding the bushes. Hiding <laughs> in the, well, it's it's like it's like a it's like a pool house because they're all in the house. It's like the pool house of the of the main house, and then 
it's at that point that Amy is like, I'm not afraid of anyone. I can do what I want. I, and she creates a distraction, which is her getting arrested. Or well, this time, Molly's walking home and she gets picked up off the car uh, off, while she's walking on by AAA, who then... Annabelle. Annabelle, yeah, who then we find out is called Annabelle. And she... And it's that nice moment of, like, I've got this nickname because people think I've did this stuff to these guys. It's like, I did do it, but that's not the point. The point is that the girls called me as well. Like, yeah. You can. She was. You expect girls to kind of stick up for each other. Yeah. And didn't. She does, she does. She does what she wants. At the end of the day, it's her choice to, to to blow these guys and yeah. whatever. She she just wants to have a bit of fun and you know fuck it. She's as this this film is all about. Obviously, we can't relate to this, but it's all about you know women finding themselves and they do what they want. They're strong, independent women, regardless of where they come from and what they decide to do with their lives. And you know, AAA is like. If a guy had picked up three girls and saved them and then had sex with them, he'd be a legend. Like he's not gonna get like a bad nickname for it, whereas a girl does it, does what she wants to do. Well, who cares if she's I can't it's a film where they say it's it's the perfect analogy. It's like a key that opens any lock is a master key, but a lock that gets opened by every key is a shitty lock. Yeah. And I thought it's brilliant. Like it, yeah. it, that, and, and, and it that's what it is. It's, it's a guy who has sex with 15, 15 girls in in a year is like, yeah, fucking legend. But a girl who has sex with 15 right. guys is yeah. like, and it's like, that's not how it should be. A AAA owns up to the fact that she's done all these things, but she wanted to do them and it's her choice. Yeah. And she wants to have You expect that from guys to be like, whoa, but she didn't expect it from girls. I mean, that's what made her kind of be. Like bad and, and I kind of wrote down the it's a kind of message of like you don't know what other people have got going on you don't know what people are going through so just be nice and like because mm. yeah, she said oh, don't call me triple A at, at Yale please like yeah and once that to end at high school and you're like yeah it's, it's a nice but that that's the beauty of what we knew what we know as university in America how this college is that it gives you the opportunity to start fresh yeah it does seem if you go to uni somewhere and you don't know anyone, you can look... you can become the person you want to become. Like and it's not it's not, you... it's not it's not that you can be anyone to like, try and be someone else. But if you want to be who you, you don't have to hide who you were exactly. at high school. If that's if you were just like... exactly if you had yeah. a shitty reputation at high school for whatever reason, that can be put in the past. No one's going to find out about it, and then you can just be like, well, this is me, and accept me for who I am. And that's it. And before that scene is one of the one of the best lines. And was it Amy's getting into the cop car? <laughs> She's like shotgun. So don't worry, I don't have one. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just things like at this point, Amy's just like the inhibitions have completely gone, yes. and she's just like fuck it. I'm going away for the year to Botswana. Like, what's the worst can that that can happen here? I get arrested for underage drinking. Oh no! Like. She's it's, gone from the kid who doesn't want to go out and like, oh, let's just go home, let's just go home to like, cause a diversion, getting arrested. Like, at the end of the day, it's like you get caught for underage drinking, it goes on your record, but it's not really. No one's gonna be like, oh my god, you you, you drank when you were eighteen. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not the end of the world. And and it's at that point that the next morning, obviously Molly gets home. I like that bit where in the car with your place, so they they've gone on this like really long ride. They've had a hard time. I was like, wait, where the fuck do you live? Do you live? Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> no, one, no one at school knows them. They've kept themselves in their little yeah. Amy Molly bubble. Right? They've not let anyone else in. Exactly. And so Molly wakes up and it's obviously time for their graduation. She gets up and she's trying to find out. She's woke up. Oh, there's all the messages on her phone yeah. mentioning Amy. Like, 
and so she goes to the she goes to the police station where Amy's obviously spent the spent the night. And on <laughs> on the way there, you see the poster. And before she put, obviously they, they they make a a show of zooming in on it. But even before she puts the the poster on the on the glass, you see that. Have you seen this man, Valley Strangler? You're like, is that the pizza guy? Pizza place. But Molly goes in to talk to Amy. She has a plan to get her out, which is giving information about the Valley Strangler, who they know yeah. is the guy from Lido's Pizza. And then I really enjoyed the scene when they have to get to the get to the graduation, and they end up in in uh, Jared's car, yeah. and they're having like this. It, it's it's it reminded me a bit of that scene as you, you mentioned Superbad when they all when they he's with a policeman and they do the kind of like scene where they do the donuts in the car yes. park and there's like shooting the guns out the window and stuff and it, it was but the driving's fun. terrible but Molly's driving is absolutely horrible she's like moving lane to lane like yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like it's like it's 19 minutes on ways do it in seven let's go <laughs> and then they get there at the graduation Jared has been tapped in by Molly to do his speech, to do the speech, which happens to be word for word a speech that Molly it, had he's, he's, doing it, he's doing it as her, which is as amazing. Hi, I'm Molly. Uh, and I, I like the little scene with, with Principal Brown where he's like trying to convince him that he's actually been tapped in. And he's, he like gives a, spe- a speech about the core if someone. If he says, it says, oh, Molly asked me to do it. Like, that doesn't sound like her. And he gives the speech like, yeah, that sounds like her. Yeah, and it <laughs> goes. goes yeah, fuck it, just do it. Like go over yeah. there. And they... what I liked about this is like it's the big, it's like the big graduation ending. But it was very low key in the sense of it's not drive there. It's like they, they get there in the car, and then it's kind of like a slow motion. You like you graduate. She does her speech, and then it's done. There's no like over the top Americanism about it. It's just yeah, this was the end of the journey. We've done it. Like and and that's like it's the end. It was a nice, it was a nice finish to like to a fun movie that I wasn't expecting to go where it went. I also really enjoyed the the kiss between Molly and Jared because they have that very short heart to heart at the party yes. where Jared opens up to her is like obviously he's a he, he comes from a rich family, which isn't his fault. He's been he's grown up with money and he thinks that flaunting it's gonna gain him friends, which isn't, but then you find out that this guy doesn't give a shit about his money. All he cares about was he, what was it? He says it's airplanes and... Oh, building more airplanes or something. And, like. and musicals. It's, it's airplanes and musicals. Yes. He wants to, he wants to be in airplanes because he finds airplanes fascinating. and He wants, he wants to, to make money from the airplanes and then do his own musicals. And it's like you find that someone about that person and it changes that your perception of that person entirely because you've seen him in this, this guy who just has money, hangs out with Gigi, has this really flashy car and tries to gain people's attention by, like, the T-shirts with, the, like, his picture it's on it. And small Jared and small Jared. Small Jared and then all the, you know, the, the big prize the iPad. But this guy's a sensitive guy who actually has passions and wants to do something for the better in the world because we all know that musicals, we don't need remakes, we just want new shit. And it's just the way it is. And it's the same in the film industry, which this film brought to the table, which was really, really nice. Mm. And... Then we have the final scene, which is when Molly drops Amy off at the airport because Molly is uh, Amy's going off to Botswana for the year, and is that really? And I really enjoyed that because she drops her off. I said there's like the really teary moment, and they were like, "Oh my god, my best friend's going," and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is this is a sad ending." And then she's about to drive off. Boom! 
Like, Amy's on the bonnet. Amy's on the bonnet, and it's like, just like, fuck it, let's go get some pancakes. Fuck yeah. yeah. And it's just like, it, it's that friendship that's just never going to end. It doesn't matter if, a, if, if, if their schedules are delayed, there's a year between what they want to do, there's a gap here, and bots want to fuck it. Like, we, we've got, we, you know, we, we've got a nine-year difference between us, and we're still very, very good friends, and it doesn't matter if yeah. your plans don't sync up. The friendship is there for life, and that's it. And and, that, and that's that's again a really heartwarming moment of the film. Fair play to there's like the four writers involved and Olivia Wilde. There's a lot of really good meshes in this, mm. and it, it it wasn't like smacking you on the nose. It was just, it did it really really well. I think it it makes me interested to see what Olivia does with this the psychological thriller, like the, the Marvel thing. Like she's obviously got some good ideas and has picked, sure. up, picked up stuff along the kind of her, her acting career. So yeah, like it, it was one of those films that it didn't re, it didn't reinvent the wheel, but what it did different, it did really well. Mm. And it's just one of the what we were talking about earlier on is that it's one of those films that for some reason went under the radar mm. and it shouldn't have because obviously we everyone knows super bad. Everyone knows most people know Project X. Most people will have seen all the films that go, revolve around and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and yeah. high schooly things. And I think this is another addition to the, to that sort of gender of, of film that it's is, a coming of age film. It's a coming of yeah. age. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's done it in a in an incredibly refreshing way. And it, I mean, we, we're going to go into into the rating in a short moment, but it's a film that. I would happily watch again and I would recommend to people to watch. Yep. And we it's very it's very rare that we get to the end of these films where we get to that stage where we're both thinking this is something that people kind of have to watch, especially if they enjoyed things like Superbad. But this is this is maybe like a slightly I don't want to say classier because it's not, but Superbad has some dumber moments in this film. Yes. It's not as it's not as daft, but you're not really... Yeah. And and it, 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 it reminds me of that film that we watched last year with uh, called Good Boys, which, again, was like, it was something we went into not expecting a lot. It's one of those things, it's the only film it was on, well, we'll, we'll go see it, and it, it didn't disappoint at all. No, and I, I just, I, I, I'm actually, now look, having seen Good Boys, and we've rated it, and we've given it a thing, I want to watch it again. I'm just waiting for it to come onto something, so I can yeah, watch it again. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not. It's, it's not, not Netflix. It's not on Amazon Prime. So we're we're just kind of we're just waiting for it. But I'm just looking forward to it to, to come up on something. So Tom, that was August 2019. I know, and it's probably one of our first episodes. So if you've seen Good Boys and you've listened to this podcast, please go listen to our episode of Good Boys because we thoroughly enjoyed it. And if for me this film falls into that category of films that I would heartily recommend to people. Just uh, if they've not seen it, and I don't think many people in the UK, it may have been a bigger success in America than it was in the UK. Mm. I don't remember. First of all, I don't remember seeing a trailer at the cinema for this film. I think I did. I think I did. I'm not sure yeah. if I went. I think I did. But, but yeah, it Wait, was... I think we're getting close. I think we're getting close to this coming round because Spider-Man: Far From Home was the month before. Yeah. Good Boys came out, so we've got a. Hopefully, Good Boys comes on soon enough, and I get to watch it again. Yeah, so it's a good comparison. It had that feel about it, like a harmless, like coming of age, like good fun, not too ridiculous. 
good boys is a bit more ridiculous than this but anyway yeah uh, yeah. Before we get to the film, and Tom, uh, I'm guessing you like me. You finished your beer. What are you giving? Got a little bit left. Last sip before I rate it. Savoring it. What's it? I don't know. By Tiny Rebel. What's it called again? It's called Double Ninety Nine. It's a chocolate flake soft serve imperial stout, and you know what? It's it's one of the better imperial stouts I've had in a very long time. And you know. You know me, I do thoroughly enjoy an imperial, a good flavoured imperial stouts. I'm not the biggest fan of like just straight up imperial stouts. Yeah. But no, this is this is top of the line. And I think I'm gonna give it a four point two five. Well that's an interesting rating because what I'm giving Tropic Thunder by Dugit as well, because that was just an, a, a really easy, mm. really enjoyable drink, really fruity not too sour so it doesn't take away from the kind of really fruity strong fruity flavors to put into it yeah but like just a little sour kick on the tongue but it was more the flavors just really impactful so i'm giving that 4.25 as well there we go so hopefully we can match our ratings on the film as well mm. now i went first last time so okay. once again I, what seems to happen these days i go into the, this with a score and it usually always goes up a little bit mm-hmm and I, this has not changed that. So I'm, I, I kind of went in thinking it was a good seven. Mm-hmm. But then after talking through it, it sounds harsh. So I'm going to go, go 7.5. See, I was going to be a bit more generous than that. And I think that because, because for me, these kind of films are so easily missed. Like these films mm. are... You can, you can fuck up these films so easily. And... The fact that it did something, it took it took a a well known genre, script, genre yeah. script, whatever you want to call it, the coming of age film with high school and all that stuff, and then it did that very well. Take away all the refreshing things that it did. There was it, it didn't cross a line into stupidity. It didn't. It didn't do it, it used cliches but there was always a fresh twist on the cliches and then yeah, like the building in the toilet the, yeah like, for that like, yeah just and even even, even the low moment wasn't something predictable nope. you could you, if you, no one going into that film would have gone well ryan's gonna get with nick and yeah that's gonna be the the, the kick the, it, the catalyst it's, it's always the, it's usually always one of them's lied to the other one about something or they've cheated on the other one with someone, or like that. That's yeah. usually the stereotypical thing. But yeah, it was. And then throw into the the good little nuggets of self empowerment, and it doesn't matter what people think about you, as long as you are who you are, all that shit. And then throw into that on top of that the the quirky little scene that no one's done before with the stop motion oh, dolls. Yeah. And all that stuff. And for me, for me, this is a film that, as I said earlier on, I would heartily recommend to anyone. And I'm actually gonna, I'd happily rewatch. Like uh, when Anna, I, I was gonna watch this with Anna, and we didn't. And I'm happily gonna watch this again with Anna because I think she'd really enjoy it. And I'd do this in the short term as well. Like I, I'm giving this an eight, and I'm and I, I'm standing by that, and it's a good eight. Like do I don't want to say eight point five, but it's a good eight. Do you know what? Um, you've convinced me I'm going to have to go to an eight as well. I'm going to have to upgrade it to an eight because you're right. You know, what you say is right. It, it, it did so many things well. It did so many things differently. It wasn't cringy. It wasn't 
cliche, wasn't over the top. Yeah, I, I was I was harsh. I have to go with an eight. And like you said, because because Cat was like, oh, what what did you watch for the podcast? I was like, oh, Booksmart. Oh, I wanted to watch that, and I would. Like, I'd watch it. Yeah, it, again. It, it, next week you'd probably sit down and watch that happily again. Yeah. And just be like, yeah, like even if you know what's happening, I'd enjoy some of the scenes again, and I'd I'd look forward to certain things, and and few films would make you want to do that immediately. And I think it's. I think that that's commendable, and obviously it all comes down to the writing. But the things that they did, the decision they took with the directing, and and I didn't even mention this earlier on is, for example, when when they first walk into the party, there's that really weird modern dance scene between Molly and Nick, and it was so random where they where the the, the whole room. Well, it's whole kind of like it's not a flashback. It's like when she sort of zones out, like a. A JD yeah. moment in Scrubs, like yeah, and she just has this really like contemporary dance, La La Land, La La Land bit with Nick, and I was just like, that's cool. Like, it's not, it's so out of the blue. It's not predictable, and it just takes you to one side. And and as you said earlier on, when they do these things, they don't do it for too long. It was like a one minute scene. That's it, done. Like, yeah, we've not got a whole dance routine. That, and like, yeah, like, yeah, it's just cool. And uh, yeah, this film took me by surprise. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It did so many things well. Didn't reinvent the wheel, as you said, but well, it, there's so many right. things you, you know what's coming, but it's still it was the bits where you didn't know that it did really yeah. well as well. Yeah, and I think yeah, a strong eight. Yeah, I agree. Dolphin score of eight out of ten. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Let, let, yeah, let us know on social media what you thought of the film, what score you gave it. If you see it on social watch the film that we watch the podcast give it a listen let us know what you're drinking as well let us know what you've had some beer recommendations we're getting close to christmas tom there's going to be probably one more beer order mm. before christmas get topped up so yeah let us know what you've been drinking let us know what you thought of the film what score you gave it on social media so it's double feature on twitter double feature on instagram we'll get tom's arty pictures that he puts up of the Thanks to Vault City Brewery for following us as well. Yeah, no, really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. I hope Happen. you listen to the podcast. Yeah, take a sponsorship from us as well. <laughs> Everyone, anyone who wants... Anyone, anyone. If you sell beer, like, we, everyone's going for a tough time. We will happily even, like, take a discount and we'll buy your beer. Like, you don't have to give it away. Like, well, anything. We'll uh, review it and all seven people who listen to their podcast will get a good review of your beer. <laughs> Unless it's crap. <laughs> anyway, for, for me and Tom... Uh, until next time, cheers. Well, this seems excessive. Shotgun. Just kidding. Yeah. I don't have one. Don't say we're having a date night. Why? It's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.